Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Lyle, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 38 of the Running Rules Podcast. Everything you need to know about the world major marathons. We are right in the middle of marathon season right now, whilst I'm out in the muck doing the cross country, as you might have heard in the bonus series. Everyone else is, well, not everyone else, but a lot of people are out there doing what I usually love to do, which is marathon training, building up for the marathons and running big city marathons. And today I'm going to be talking about the six world major marathons, where they are, what they are, how to get into them and what the courses are like. I'm going to start off, in fact, by talking about my own journey with the world major marathons. Um, There are six of them. There is London, Berlin, Tokyo, Chicago, Boston, and New York. So three in America, two in Europe, and one in Asia. And I guess it is something that is on the bucket list of quite a lot of marathoners because of the prestige of the world major marathons. Um, They are collectively probably some of the oldest and most prestigious races across um, some of the the biggest cities in the world. Obviously, London and New York are are two of the big cities in the world. Um, Boston is a very old marathon, started in 1897. Um, You've got Chicago and Berlin, which are typically very fast marathons, um, with the world record being set in Berlin many times and has just been broken in Chicago on the men's side. Um, The women's side is still at Berlin. Uh, or has gone back to Berlin, in fact, because it was at Chicago. So those two really are the the major marathons for fast times. And then you've got Tokyo, which is obviously the largest marathon in Asia, which joined the world majors in 2013. And I think um, for many people, it's quite an achievement even just to get into all of these races, never mind complete them. And in fact... Um, I was trying to find out how many many um, finishers of all six marathons there were. The end of last year, there was just over 8,000. I think that's now gone out to about 10,000. Um, so given that Tokyo joined in 2013, that's 10 years, there's only 10,000 people that have, that have completed all six races. So it is quite a difficult feat, not just to run the marathons themselves, but actually get into the races, travel around to them. Um, And I'm going to be going through why why they're difficult to get into. Obviously, they're very popular, so that's the the main reason. But how you can actually get into some of these races, um, there's various different routes into, into them, and some are easier to get into than others. So for me... My journey with the World Majors started back in 2019 when I did London Marathon for the first time. 
Um, I suppose it started even before that in 2018. Um, that was the year that I really started pushing on in the marathon. It was when I broke three for the first time in Dublin. Um, but even before I did that, I managed to get a lottery place for London in 2019. And that was when I started looking at the rest of the majors, uh, where they were, what what they were, how to get into them. And once I went um, under three hours at Dublin, I started thinking about that giving me the, the possibility to get into some of the other ones. Um, I had managed to luckily get a, a ballot place for London, which is a, a lottery entry uh, for 2019. But once I went under three hours, that allows you the ability to get into London for um, for faster runners. Um, you can get not necessarily a guaranteed place. I think it was back then. Um, but as I'll go into it, some of the time qualification times are no longer guaranteed. Um, you have a cutoff and the fastest ones are accepted. So they're not always guaranteed, even if you do get the qualifying time. Um, but it opened the door being a bit faster to get into some of these other races. And it started getting me thinking about doing all of the six quite quickly. Uh, and I think I had a plan at that point that went out to 2023, possibly 2024, to complete all six. Now, of course, what happened was around London in 2019, and then 2020, I had planned Boston in the spring, and then Berlin in the autumn, which would have given me three by the end of 2020. Obviously, what happened then was uh, COVID hit, and that hit about six weeks before Boston was, was due to be run, and obviously I was devastated at that point because I put 10 weeks of work in, but obviously there was bigger things going on in the world, and bigger bigger worries for, for people around the world than, than me not being able to run Boston. So obviously that was just something I had to take on the chin. And Berlin ended up, I ended up moving that out to 2021. Um, I think it was cancelled 2020 and I, I was able to defer that to 2021. So in 2021, you had this situation where all six majors were in the autumn of 2021. So usually they're spaced out. Um, in three are usually in spring, three and in autumn. So you've got Tokyo at the start of March, then you've got um, Boston mid-April, and London's usually six days after Boston in April. And then fast forward to autumn, you've got Berlin, which is at the end of September, Chicago, which is mid-October, and then you've got New York, which is at the start of November. So usually they're fairly spaced out and People do run Boston and London back to back, um, which would be the the ones closest together. Um, it's not something I would advise doing unless you're really there just to jog around and, and enjoy it, but people do do that. But you had this crazy situation in autumn of 2021 with races being deferred, moved, and you had all of the marathons, all of the six major marathons within, I think it was something crazy, like 10 weeks. Um, and I remember Shalane Flanagan, um, very um, famous elite runner in the US. She ran all 
six of them in under, I think it was under 245, I'm going to say, maybe 250, um, which is absolutely crazy, especially in that um, short, shorter space of time. Um, but usually they're, they're nicely spaced out. So I ran Berlin was my second major. And when you run these, um, you can register with the World Major Marathon website and they award you stars. So the ultimate goal is to run all six and you get the six star finisher medal. So I got my second star at Berlin in 2021 and Boston was really the bucket list race for me, the the one that I really, really wanted to do. Um, and 2022, I still wasn't really sure about traveling to America at that point um, in spring. So I, I, I left that to 2023 this year and I completed my third star at Boston this year. So I now have three stars um, and I suppose my thought process really changed from how fast can I do these to do do I really want to do all of them and I want to make sure that I enjoy each one as I do them because I, I remember Berlin I've said this on the podcast before Berlin I really didn't take the time to enjoy that race so it was more of a maybe because it was my first trip away um, after COVID it was a bit bit nervous anxious about that but it really did feel like a business trip to go there get the marathon done get home uh, and that was it so if I felt like after Berlin I really wanted to try and enjoy marathons that I did a bit more and I think probably Covid gave me a bit bit more of a perspective of you never know what's going to happen um, so you want to make sure that you're doing the things that you want to do. So yes, I do did want to still do them in a relatively short space of time, but especially the ones that I wanted to do, which, which was Boston and then New York is now the one that I really want to do, but also taking the time to enjoy them and not necessarily rushing everything in to just get it done for the sake of it. But really savoring them because they're a big commitment um, in terms of training, obviously, for the marathon, but um, financially and my family don't really want to travel all the way halfway across the world just to to watch me run a marathon and then come home again. So unless we can move, we can roll it into a trip away and that's difficult when it when things fall in term time then it's really me going on my own. So it's it's leaving the family. It's a big financial commitment and big time commitment with the training as well. So I've got a, a feel for me that I've got to make sure that it's, it's the right thing that I want to do. I'm not just ticking off stars for the sake of it. Although I am kind of a sucker for um, collecting things. And once I've done some of them, I, knew, I know that there's going to be a nagging feeling in the back of my mind that I want to finish all of them. Now, the one slight problem to that is that you don't know when they're going to add a seventh. So Tokyo was added as a sixth back in 2013, which is now 10 years ago. And there's been a, a couple of marathons um, that have been touted as possible ones that they're going to add in the future. But it looks very much now like Sydney might be the seventh one 
to be added. They have a world major um, Masters Championship, which is usually at one of the major marathons. And for 2024, it's going to be held at Sydney. So it, it really feels like Sydney is go- is the one that they're pushing to be the next major marathon. Um, one thing that the major marathons all have in common is that they have a lot of strict rules and regulations to make sure that they're at a, a, a very high standard. So I think one thing that the, they've doing at the moment is making sure that Sydney can host a big championship like that uh, and pull it off properly. But definitely it sounds like they will add a, a seventh quite soon and that could well be before I complete the other six, uh, the other three that I need for the six. Whether they'll add an eighth at the same time, I think that's possibly less likely. I think Johannesburg was mentioned as another one and there was one in China as well. I'm not quite sure exactly where that one was, but Singapore, I think, was mentioned as well. So it's possible they might add two at the same time so that they're not adding them and making this bar higher and higher just gradually as people are getting there and they're nearly there and then the bar gets raised again. Um, If they are thinking of of going to eight at some stage, there's some logic that says adding both of them at the same time might be um, an easier way to do it in terms of not keeping raising the bar. But that's one thing at the back of my mind. If If that bar keeps getting raised, do I keep wanting to go to other places and all of those other factors that I talked about come into play then? I mean, I would love to go to Sydney. Um, but with that being September start of term, it's going to be very difficult to take all the family there. And it's going to be very difficult to justify going all the way to Sydney just for me to run a marathon. So, um, it is something that I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm going to do. Like I say, New York is definitely one that's on my bucket list, but, um, Chicago and Tokyo are really more for the fact that they're in the six than ones that I particularly want to go to. I've never been to either Chicago or Tokyo. I think the reasons for me wanting to do do the other ones, London is obviously the biggest UK one. Um, A lot of people that I know have done London, used to watch London on, on the TV, still do. And I suppose that is one that a lot of people here will want to do. Berlin was a place that I went to visit quite early on when I went traveling for the first time around Europe and it was a place I really, really enjoyed visiting. So Berlin was definitely another one that I wanted to do. Boston, because of the prestige and history of the event, was was one that was really high on my radar. And then New York, because when I first went to America in 2012, uh, and went to New York. I'd never seen a place like it with the with the height of the skyscrapers, the the how busy it was. You know, it it was just London on a massive scale. Um, just just crazy. Like I I had never experienced anything like that. I'd never really being outside of Europe. Um, so New York is definitely one that I want to do, and then. Chicago, I've never been to. I've heard it 
it's a it's a brilliant race. And then Tokyo, I've heard mixed things about, but obviously, if I did the other five, I would want to do Tokyo. So now I really need to decide which one I want to do next because if I'm going to do all six, then I would quite like to finish at New York. If I'm not going to, then New York is the one that I want to do next. So that's that's the dilemma I have. Um, but it's a it's a nice place to be in, and um, it's something that I need to sort out pretty quickly because, um, as you'll find out now, the lotteries for well the lottery for Chicago is open now, so I need to decide in the next uh, few weeks, and the good for age as well. So I'm going to briefly talk about each marathon in turn. Um, the ones that I've done, I give you some some pointers on what I thought about them. Uh, I'm going to talk quite a lot about how to get into these marathons. Um, some are harder than others, uh, but most of them have similar ways of getting in. So um, typical ways of getting into these marathons are by lottery. There's too many people wanting to do these marathons for everyone to be able to get in. Um, as charity places, you can run for a charity and raise money and the charity will have a set amount of places to to give to people that are going to be fundraising for them. There's time qualification, so if you can run fast enough, then you may get a guaranteed entry or you may be able to apply for um, a place given given the time that you've got in the past. Um, you can use tour operators. Um, these are companies that will typically build it into a package so you'll get a marathon entry and usually a hotel and you'll also have a tour rep that um, will take you around, take you to the expo, um, organize meals, meetups, that kind of thing. Um, and there's a few other different sets of ways that you can get into different races. None of them are identical. So if there's one that you particularly want to do, then it's it's definitely worth doing a bit of research. Um, and there's a, a brilliant face group, Facebook group that um, I'm in, indebted to for some of the information on, on this, which is the World Major Marathons um, Facebook group by Robert Wang. So... Um, I'm using some of the or some of the guidance that he has in there, um, but he's always updating things in there. And if you are listening to this after October 2023, don't take any of this information as read because things do change. Um, so I do, um, I do really implore you to go and find out about the marathon that you want to do, and to find out exactly what you need to do to get into them. So for London, I'll start with London. That was the first one that I did in back in 2019. The main way that a lot of people will get in is the ballot. Um, now, not a lot of people in percentage terms will get into the ballot, and there's probably a lot of people listening to this that have applied 5, 6, 7, 10, 12, 15 years and never got in. The numbers for the ballot have just gone up astronomically. Um, I think this year there was something like 450,000 entries and only something like 5 to 10% of those get in. I think it's more like 5%. So 
a one in 20 chance is not great. Um, but for anyone overseas from the UK, that is going to be the main way to get in because the Good for Age is only open for UK residents. So if you are resident in the UK, then a really good way to get into the London Marathon is to try and hit the time qualification standards, the Good for Age standards. They are not as strict on the women's side as they are on the men's side compared to some of the other um, marathons out there. So the men start off at three hours and the women start off at 3.45. And the older you get, the more relaxed that time is. So that's why it's called good for age. Um, as you as you get older, your age, um, your time can be slower and you'll still be able to get in. So typically they start going up at 40 for, for London and they'll go up every five years. And it's, again, you need to go and check the actual numbers on this. Um, in general, the, the time goes up by about five minutes for every five years at the start, and then it'll start going up quite a lot more once you get to maybe 60, um, 60, 65, 70, 80. You know, it really goes up a lot then, um, obviously because there's a lot fewer people of that age probably applying for it. Um, but there are some some strange ones. So um, I think it is the fourth, when you go from 44 to 45 on the women's side, you only get three minutes extra. So I, I don't know what the re rhyme or reason for this is, but you just have to go and check what your age, um, what your time is for your age. And for London, it is the time, it is the age that you ran your qualifying time on. So again, this varies from race to race and it and it's changed for London. It used to be the age that you are on race day. So if you're 40 on race day, but you ran your qualifying time when you were 39, that would be fine. Now, if you're... Um, if your qualifying time is 39, then that is the, the age bracket that you use at your qualifying time for. Um, the ballot is open around about uh, the end of April, at, just after the race has happened. So we've already had the ballot for 2024, for April 2024. But if you have a good for age time, uh, you need to submit that now. Um, I think you have up until the second week of November. So do check when that is. Um, the other ways that you can get in are through a charity place. Um, most of these races will have charity places. And um, again, there's if you're a UK resident, there's probably lots of options. You'll probably need to raise in the region of £2,000. Um, I have never done a charity place for any marathon. Um, I have raised money f just on the side for marathons before, but I've never had a charity place. So it's not something that um, I know a lot about. I have had um, runners do, uh, some of my clients do charity places. And it really probably depends from charity to charity how much you have to raise, what you have to do, when you have to submit it. So again, um, if you go on to the, to the, 
the website of the marathon that you're looking to run and look up charity places. Um, they'll probably have a list of charities that um, have places for their marathon. And if not, if you Google um, charity places for whichever marathon it is, uh, you'll get a list of uh, charities coming up there. I do recommend that you pick a charity that is close to your heart because that will help you with the fundraising. Um, I think if you're choosing one that has a lower um, cost or a lower, lower amount of money that you have to raise, but you're not really passionate about the charity, that will actually make it harder to raise that money. Um, I have done a few charity events and I really feel like it's a lot easier if you're really passionate about it. Another way to get in for UK residents is through your running club. So running clubs get a certain amount of places or can apply for a certain amount of places based on how many members they have. They have to be fully registered members of UK athletics. So either England, Northern Ireland, Scotland or Wales. Um, and it depends on how many members you have in the club. Uh, it used to be that you got one for every 50 um, runners that are in your club. It now starts from, you have to have more than 10. And if you have between 10 and 40, you go into a ballot with other clubs of a similar size for one place. And it sounds like you have about 50-50 chance of getting that one place for your club. So if you have 10 runners in your club, you can enter this ballot for one place and then you can do, you can allocate it in whatever way you want. If you have between 40 and 189 members, then you get one. And if you've got 190 or more members, then you get two um, club spots. And like I say, you can allocate these any way, but check with your local running club if you are registered with them um, to see how this works. Where in our running club, we have specific rules. It can't be someone who has done it before. It has to be someone who's applied to the ballot and been rejected. Um, so we have certain criteria and it may be different in your running club. I know that some running clubs might award it to the fastest um, person and that or or someone who has volunteered a lot, it might be a, might be different criteria. But that's one way to get into it. One last way is championship entry, which is more extended time qualification, really. So it's the, for the fastest club runners in the UK. Uh, and these are guaranteed to get into the front pen of the London Marathon, just behind the elites. And to get into that, you have to have run 240 for a man or um, 314 for a woman. Uh, you can also get in off via a half marathon time, which is 112 and a half for men and 128 for women. So that was something actually I was aiming to do a while back. Um, it used to be 245. And then they moved it down to 240, so I'm, a, I'm still a little way off that yet. 
um, that's something also to bear in mind that all of these times will change and we're seeing that quite a lot at the moment especially I think there's a lot of factors at play here so obviously with the new carbon shoes the new super shoes people are running faster but I think people are just there's more people running uh, people are understanding training and nutrition better and just racing better um, marathons so we're seeing times come down and because more people are running faster times we see that um, these marathons have to move the time qualifications to be faster otherwise there's too many people entering and trying to get in with these times as well so going back to the um, <clears throat> good for age if you do run a good for age time you're not necessarily guaranteed 100% to get in for the London Marathon at least because um, they only allow a certain amount of time qualifiers or good for age runners in so if they do get more then they take the fastest ones first um, I can't remember if in the history of London that they have had to cut um, people out but they have moved the time qualifications uh, times down um, to avoid too many people getting in so it used to be three used to start at 305 and now it's three for the men so that has changed in the last few years so the next one I'm going to talk about is Berlin that's the second one that I did uh, in 2021 and again there's a ballot and this is open right now um, so again, if you're interested in doing Berlin in 2024 in September, then have a look at entering the ballot now. And the cool thing about the Berlin ballot is it's unlike any of the others in that you can um, apply as part of a team. Now, it doesn't mean that you run the marathon as a team, but it means that all of you get in or none of you get in and you can do a team of two or a team of three which is a really nice touch because quite often um and I'm thinking back to London I've two brothers who want to run London marathon and it would be great if we could all run it together on the same year but the only way unless they unless we all reach the qualifying time and get a good for age place or we do charity the only way you can do that with the ballot is if you're all lucky and get the ballot at the same time um, so this eliminates that problem. If you've people that you want to do Berlin with, you can apply as part of a team and you will all get in or none of you get in. The ballot is open now and the according to the the Facebook page that I mentioned, um, there's a higher chance of getting into Berlin than London, which is unsurprising. But it, it's it's quite a lot more I think um, and I've known quite a few people have got Berlin places on the ballot whereas we find that lots and lots of people apply for London and most of them get rejected um, so the 20 one in 20 for London seems to ring true I haven't got as big a sample size to go for with Berlin but certainly anecdotally it seems like you know a lot a lot higher than that get into Berlin there is not 
really the same amount of um, chance to get in as a time qualifier. So you can get in as a time qualifier. They call this fast runners and it's similar to the good for age, um, but it's open to anyone. Um, and for those times, you need 245 for a man or 310 for a woman. And that's up to the age of 44 inclusive. After that goes up to 255 for a man and 330 for a woman. Um, and after that, that's all the way up to 59. After that, it goes up to 325 and 420. So it goes quite a long way up. Um, once you get to 60, which again is understandable. But those times are among the fast fastest times that you would need to qualify for any of these races. So it's a lot easier for in Berlin to get in with a charity place or through the ballot than it is by qualifying. The way I got in, and I'm not sure if they're going to do this um, for 2024, but they open up most years they open up an extra thousand uh, places that are a little bit more expensive and that money goes directly to charity. So it's first come first served. And I think uh, from memory, it was back in January. I haven't seen any announcement for this, um, but do have a look into it. If you don't get in, in the ballot, um, you get a second chance, hopefully in January, where they open up um, a thousand places, first come, first served. It's a little bit more, but that money goes directly to charity. It's not a charity place where you have to raise money. It's just a little bit extra that goes to charity. So that might be another way in. The only problem with these first come, first served um, situations is that it's really a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> You have about you have loads of people trying to get these places. Quite often, um, this the software can't handle it. The system goes down, um, so it, it can be a bit fraught and a bit of a nightmare. Um, but it is definitely worth looking into, and it's the way that I got into Berlin. I didn't have the qualifying time. I didn't apply for the ballot either. Um, I can't remember. I may, may, maybe I did a play play for the ballot, but I certainly didn't get in via the ballot. Um, tour operator is obviously the other one, other way to get in. Um, and again, that's going to be the same for all of these. Um, going with the tour operator is maybe a pricier option, but more a more guaranteed way to get in. And you can look up um different tour operators. I, again, haven't used any of them. I may need to use one, um, especially for Tokyo. When we get onto Tokyo, um, that's probably going to be the hardest one for me to get into. Um, so it's something that I would de definitely look into. And if you're really keen on doing these races, it's a, it's a good way of guaranteeing your place in to these events. So the third one I'm going to talk about is Chicago. And again, there's a ballot for Chicago. And again, the odds are probably higher again than they are for Berlin. Um, the ballot is open now until mid-November. And so if you're interested in doing Chicago next autumn in 2024, in the middle of October, then now is the time to apply. 
you can also get in as time qualifier. And these times are a bit um, more, rela slightly more relaxed for men um, compared to London. Uh, for women, they're a bit harder. So they start off at 3.05 for men and 3.35 for women. And that's up to 39. And then they'll go up from there. The difference for Chicago is it's your age on race day, not on the not the age that you qualified on. So, and also that you're guaranteed to get in if you've run that time. So they do guarantee that. They have brought the times down again for Chicago uh, quite recently, but they do say at the moment that they guarantee everyone that's got that time and applies will get into the field. Charity again and tour operator again is an, a way into these marathons. The There are a few other ways of getting into Chicago, probably not, not likely to be um, of interest on this podcast, but definitely for any of these, check out um and check out their facebook pages instagrams and look for updates um sign up for email updates because quite often you will see or i will see on my instagram feed um you know we're giving away 10 places um for whatever reason it might be a little drawer and you have it's a, some kind of sponsor giving this away so there's always little ways of getting into the, these marathons without necessarily going down the ballot, the charity, the tour operator, the time qualifier routes, which are the four main ones. You can get into Chicago um, as a guaranteed entrant if you've run five in the last ten. That's called the legacy entry. And there's also um, a series of races that you can do if you're in America if you've done the the Shamrock Shuffle, the Chicago Half, and the Chicago Full of this year, then you'll you'll get or you'll be able to apply for a guaranteed entry into next year's marathon. The other thing that you can do if you're American is there's an American Development Program, which is a little bit like the Championship Entry. I think um, it's it's. Um, harder to get into again especially for the women's side it's 235 for the men and 255 for the women which is pretty steep um, once you get to masters it goes up a little bit but it's 243 or 305 so it's still um, pretty uh, fast times there to get into that and you have to be American as well fourth one I'm going to talk about is New York so these two, Chicago and New York, are probably the most likely for me to do next. Um, the lottery for New York, um, we haven't had New York this year yet. It's the start of November. So the lottery for New York is usually in January or February. Um, and the chances of getting in are pretty low. It's one of the most subscribed to marathons in the world, even though it's one of the biggest. Um, it's pretty much like London in terms of the the chances of getting into the ballot. It possibly a little bit higher than London, but not um, n not very high. The 
The difference for New York is that the time qualifiers um, can be from anywhere in the world. Um, so it gives people from our side of the pond more chance to get into the New York Marathon and probably relieves the pressure on the ballot. So I think the London ballot is especially well subscribed to because it's very difficult from anyone outside of the UK to get in because you can't qualify with a time. The time qualifiers for New York are quite um, quite fast compared with um, some of them to, to compared with London, Chicago and Boston. It's 2.53 for men, 3.13 for women, and then that starts going up at the age of 35. So do check how old you are and what time you need. Um, again, I think that's age on race day, but do check that. You can get in with charity or a tour operator. And then again, the they have a legacy of... If you've done 15 or more, then you're guaranteed entry. And there's also a program like this, the Chicago one, but it's for the New York Roadrunners races. You have to have done nine of those in the previous year and volunteered for one. So probably not likely to happen if you're on this side of the pond. Um, but yes, January is the main time for the time qualifiers and the lottery. The one thing about the time qualifiers is, and I think that they're, they're talking about changing this, but a bit like the extra thousand places for, for Berlin, which are first come first served, the time qualifiers are not done fastest first, it's first come first served. So again, you have to log on super early, make sure you get your entry in as fast as possible. And it's really not a great way of doing it because um, you have tech issues, you have people very disappointed, stressed and frazzled. Um, I also appreciate that doing fastest first is a bit um, a bit disappointing for some people because as we'll talk about with Boston in a minute, when you do fastest first, you might think you've qualified and then you don't get a place because the too many have um, entered. But doing it first come first served is possibly even worse because you've really just, it feels like it's in the lap of the gods as to whether you're going to get a place or not. Um, I have a client doing New York this year and I remember the stress of that day when she was applying for that New York place um, and I'm sure it was uh, 10 times worse for her. But it's something that I'm not relishing doing. If that's going to be the next one for me to do, then I have to go through that. And also, if I'm putting all the eggs in the New York basket, it means if you don't get that, then you might end up without an autumn race. So for instance, if I, if I forego the Chicago ballot now, or the Chicago time qualifiers now, uh, while it's open in November and put my and go for New York, put my eggs in that basket, and then I don't get it because um, I, I wasn't on the computer crashed or whatever, then you know that leaves you with a year where you miss out on doing one of the races that you want to do. So 
it's not great. I think they they were talking about changing it for next year. Um, so it'll be interesting. I haven't seen any uh, indication of that yet, though, because, as I said, the New York Marathon hasn't happened yet. So we might not find that out until after um, two weeks time when the marathon is. The fifth one on the list is Boston, and that was um, the one I did this year. It was the one I was really wanting to do out of all of them. There, The big thing for Boston is that there is no lottery. So the main way to get into Boston is by getting a qualifying time. Now, the good thing is that the times that you need are not the highest, but they are still challenging. But I do believe that people who really want to do it and really put the effort into training can get them if they want to. Um, they start at three hours for the men and 3.30 for the women. And that uh, starts going up at the age of 34. I think it's every five years again. So uh, I'm in the 40 bracket now. It's 310 for me. Um, and some of those, as I say, they'll start going up more um, the higher you get. It's not just necessarily five minutes for every five years. Um, sometimes they can be a big leap. So do check um, which, which band you're in and what you need. But that is the main way to get in. And it's one of the big goals that people will have, especially in the States, um, is to get that BQ time. That's a Boston qualifying time. And this year, there was a lot of fallout from it because last year, everyone that got the qualifying time and applied got in. And then this year, there was a massive increase in people entering with the qualifying time and they take the fastest ones first and they had to cut at five minutes 29 under the qualifying time so if you think about that if you've just scraped in your qualifying time or even if you've you know four or five minutes inside your qualifying time and fairly confident that you're going to be going to boston next year and then you realize that they they cut from 529 under so if you were looking for that three hour um, marathon time for up to 34 years old, um, you wouldn't have got in unless you ran under 254.31. So, you know, that is a big, big leap. And it almost seems unfair when I say that, because if you think about it, it's five, 529 across the board. So it doesn't matter whether your qualifying time is three hours or four hours um, it's still 529 but it's a bigger percentage down at three hours than it is at four hours so um, just while I'm thinking about this it, it does seem a tad unfair and um, yeah I'd certainly be gutted if um, I'd you know been training and training and training and trying to get that BQ time and getting it finally and then realizing that they cut under you know over five minutes off the time so they haven't changed the times as of yet for next year and I've heard rumor now that they probably won't do um maybe they think that was 
you know, an unprecedented year and they won't happen again. Or maybe it's because the qualifying period already started back in September. So people have already been running marathons with those times in mind. Uh, maybe it's unfair to change the times now, but in a way it's kind of academic whether they change them or not. Because if they get more people entering than they can take, then they will cut it again and you will have to run faster than the time to get in. So definitely something to strive for. Um, all of these qualifying times are, are something to strive for. The way I looked at it when um, I was I was all the way back in 2018 trying to get um, down towards three hours, I was looking at Chicago and I think Chicago for me was the easiest one to get into at the time. And I think it was it was way down at 3.15. Uh, so that was the one that I was really sort of trying to target first. And then I, I was going to, my plan was to keep on targeting one after the other, um, line them up in the order of slow to quickest and then keep chipping away. Um, as it happened, I managed to get um, Chicago, Boston and London all together. I didn't manage to do New York that year, but that was my next push. Never got Berlin, but um, I managed to get into Berlin a different way. So um, it's something to strive for. And once you get quicker, it does make it a lot easier to get into these races. It gives you another avenue. And I do think it's achievable for most people out there. Um, no matter where you're starting, it might take you a long time to get there. It might not take you as long as you think. Um, definitely people, I think, think when they lay down their first couple of times in the marathon, um, that that might be, you know, where they're going to stay for, you know, any marathon that they do in the future. And really what I've seen is if, if you work hard and get more experience in the marathon, then those times can fall drastically if you're doing the right things. Um, so that is really one thing that I would urge you to take away is that if you look at these times and think they're crazy, I couldn't possibly do them. That is where I was back in 2018 when I had a marathon time of 3.25 and thinking I need 3.05, I think it was at the time for, for London qualification and now three. And I was thinking, there's no way I'll ever get there. Um, but you have to start chipping away. And sometimes it will come quicker than you think it will do. For Boston, the other way um, to get in is potentially with a charity. Although I think a lot of those would be US charities. And it's usually a lot of money to raise for those. Um, you can also do a tour operator um, for Boston which is probably a good way if you think you're never going to get to the to the Boston qualifying time that's probably a good way of doing it um, and it might be one way that you need to complete the six if, if you can't get to those qualifying times then it's definitely worth looking into again they have a, a legacy program for anyone who's done 10 in a row you still have to get the qualifying time, but you're exempt from the cutoff. So in my example before, if you were targeting three hours, then 
you would only need the three hours. You wouldn't have needed the 254.31 that it was in the end. The final marathon that I'm going to talk about is Tokyo. And this is at the start of March. And it has a lottery in August. So the lottery is now done and dusted for 2024. Um, there's obviously charity places and tour places again. For me, I think the tour operator is probably the main way that I'm going to get in because they have, they do have a program for fast runners, but they, they've kept bringing the times down and it's now called um, Runners One and it's called, it's basically a semi-elite program. Now, it's more achievable for the women, um, but they only take 25 men, 25 women. Um, this is international, so not from Japan. But the times for those are 2.32 for men, which is pretty speedy. Um, the fastest of all of the qualifying times for any of the marathons. And 3.19 for women, which is certainly not um, not slow but it's a little bit more manageable than 2.32 for the men, I think. So if you're a woman, then possibly you've got a little bit more chance of getting into Tokyo than a men, but they do cut it as well. So if they get more than 25 qualified, then they'll take the fastest 25 from the men, fastest 25 from the women. So that is how to get into any of the six world major marathons. There is another way of getting in, and that is if you register on the Abbott's World Major Marathon site um, and you register your times that you've done in previous majors, if you've got three stars or more, you can get into a draw for a place for some of the majors that you haven't done. So for all of them, for London, Berlin, Chicago and New York, there is a draw that you can enter if you've already done three stars or more and you need that marathon. For Tokyo and Boston, which are probably the two hardest ones to get into, you have to have five stars to get into that draw. So that is yet another way of sneaking into these. There's all different ways of getting into uh, majors marathons. So do have a look at the one that you want to do and see um, if there's any sort of little un undocumented or little things that crop up in Instagram. Um, but that is a good way that and that's just been introduced this year um, basically to promote the world majors a bit more and get people more excited to try and finish the journey, I think. Um, so it's a nice little touch. Um, something, again... If I want to finish my journey at Tokyo, it's it's something that I might use to get into Tokyo. I hope this has piqued your interest in the world major marathons and brought it onto your radar if it wasn't already. Um, these are big races with big crowds and it they won't necessarily suit everyone, but I do really encourage you to experience a big city marathon whether it's running or even just going to spectate um, and certainly these races if I think back to London and Boston especially but even even Berlin as well where I didn't have a great race 
they're some of the lasting memories I'm going to have when I get old and put my running shoes outside in the trash. Um, they are, you know, they're, they're really special occasions. And you might want to have a look at, you know, a smaller marathon first. Uh, you might want to go straight in with one of these as your first marathon, or if you've done a few uh, smaller key races, smaller key races, then going into something bigger like this, I think you will really have a different experience. Um, certainly, when I went from doing Belfast, uh, which is relatively small, to Dublin, which probably at least three times bigger in terms of the number of participants, and then going to London, which is more than twice again on over Dublin. They were really big steps up for me, and I really enjoyed it. I know not everyone relishes the the crowds and the amount of people on the course, but um, it's certainly something that I encourage you to, to try out once in your life. Uh, and I hope this has helped you also to get the confidence to try and get into some of these races. And if you do need help with trying to get to that qualifying time, this is what I'm here for. I'm helping people right now um, get to those times. Uh, I've got someone running New York, been working uh, for with for over a year, and we worked through getting those um, qualifying times last year, and now... We're a couple of weeks away from New York. So good luck if you are doing New York. And also it's Dublin coming up this weekend. We have clients in Dublin as well. So uh, best of luck to everyone out there um, doing Dublin. Clients and listeners alike. I know there's quite a lot of you out there doing Dublin. So good luck with those. If you do want to chat through any of the qualification times or anything to do with the world majors, the best place to message me on is Instagram at the running rules but you can send me an email as well alan at the running rules.com and I will get back to you as soon as I can um, do remember that if you're interested in Berlin or Chicago the ballots are currently open and also if you have a good for age time for London that you need to um, put that in put your application in now as well all of those close quite soon so do check the dates i think they're november all of them but do check those and um, get your application in quickly thanks for listening best of luck in dublin if you're down there and i hope to see you on the course as i will be down there supporting as well it's been great to talk to you speak to you next week Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you've got something to take away and action in your own running. If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe and recommend it to someone you know. If you're struggling with your own training or want to get faster and stronger and not sure how to, therunningrules.com forward slash coaching is where you can find out more about getting personalized help with your running and nutrition to take you to the next level. Have a great week, stay consistent, focused, and most importantly, enjoy your running.